12 to 7 a.m. Colossians 3, 12 to 17. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in, in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart, since as members of one body you were called to peace. And be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns and songs from the Spirit singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Well, a very, very good morning. My sermon notes have disappeared from the top of the lecture. Um, <laughs> someone has been far too efficient in their, in their cleaning. No, no. Wonderful. My ongoing battle with the clicker also continues. Et, can I give this to you to sort out for me? <laughs> there we go. Wonderful, beautiful. Good morning, my name is Andy. Uh, it is fantastic to be with you this morning. Uh, as we're about to pray again, let me reaffirm, I love coffee and I've got young kids. So if you are in a similar situation, you are very, very welcome here. Feel free to grab yourself a hot drink or um, do church with your little ones in whatever way that looks like for your family. Heavenly Father, thank you that we can gather. Thank you that we can praise you and glorify you. Thank you for worship in all the wonderful forms you allow us to present your glory towards you. We ask that this would be a great time of learning, that you would speak through me and that I would say only the things you desire us to hear, that you would be working your spirit in our hearts. In your holy name, amen. Worship. Uh, that is what we are talking about this morning. And the thing I love about that scripture verse that we just read is that it is all about worship. But it doesn't say the word anywhere in that passage that that's what it is. And that can make us really question, what is worship? What, yell out for me, what do you guys think worship is? 
Living a life for God's glory. Excellent. Anything else? Any other? What was that one? Loving God, living a life for God's glory. Any others? Praising God. Praising God. Excellent. Amen to that. Thankfulness. Thankfulness. Yes. Uh, it's anything that's an intentional adoration of God. Anything we're expressing reverence, submission, love, that we're outwardly or inwardly demonstrating how much we adore the Father, how worthy He is. It's showing God we love Him. And there's lots of different ways we can do that. Lots and lots and lots of different ways. Uh, We are made to worship. We are called to worship. What ideas do you guys have for ways we can worship God? Any ideas? We're in church, so that's a great start. Being kind. kind. Yep, being kind. Hands up if your favourite way to worship is being kind. Yeah, a few of the kids, good, awesome. Anyone else? All right, any other ways we worship? Singing. Singing. Hands up if your favorite way to praise is singing. Nice. Hands up if your favorite way to praise is singing hymns like we just sung. Yeah, nice. Hands up if it's singing some stuff that's a little bit more modern, a little bit faster. How good is this? This is, this is great. This is exciting. This is good. This is holy. Any other ways that people like to worship God? Prayer. Hands up if your favorite way to worship God is prayer. Yeah, wonderful. And we can have multiple favorites. How exciting is that? Um, Any others? Serving. Yep, acts acts of worship, serving one another, doing things in service for God. Hands up if your your way of worshiping is that. Great. Learning. Yep, perfect. Hands up if your favorite way of worship is learning. There's a few people, their hand has gone up every single time, and that makes me really excited. So we can see, looking through Scripture, God says there's heaps and heaps of ways to show that we love Him. And as we talk about love, we can also talk about love languages. Now, hands up if you've heard of of the idea of a love language. Yeah, okay, about half of us, great. Uh, If you haven't heard of a love language or a relational language, it's the idea that we give and receive love in different ways. The same way as some people communicate best by listening or by writing or by seeing, we can communicate love more effectively. Uh, I might give love by giving gifts. I might show I love someone by trying to spend quality time with them. I might show that I love someone by giving them words of affirmation and encouragement. I might show love to someone, uh, particularly by doing an act of service for them. And I might also do those things. And the way I give love might be different to the way I recognise love. So we can do lots of ways of giving love, but I might have a more natural way that I tend to go, this is how I show my love for this person. And it doesn't have to be romantic. This could be in a workplace or a social setting. So I've got a boss. He really, really loves quality time. And so he whenever possible, organises meetings. And some people in our team hate it because this is a meeting I don't need to go to. They, they travel for an hour to come to this. And other people in our workplace look forward to it. They love it. These are the quality time people coming together to spend time together. And then there's the people whose love language is not quality time and, and they're just going, I'd, I'd much rather you just you know, gave me some other form of relationship to show that you value me. Uh, it might be helping a friend do some chores. It might be... Uh, instead of your spouse buying you flowers, they'd really rather you clean out their car 
It might be a mate, instead of you cleaning out his car, he'd rather you buy him lunch. There's all these different ways that we show and relate love. And God shows us love in so many incredible different ways. And there's an entire sermon series we could preach on that. Today, we're just going to be really limited to talking about some ways that we can show love to God and that we can have a worship language or, or a love language that is natural for me, that, that fits the way I relate to God in the individual and the unique way that God has wired me, that might look very different but is still just as biblical and holy as the person sitting next to me in church. And it's not all that surprising when we think about how God has made us in all these beautiful, different ways. Um, spiritual gifts is something, one, one of these ways God equips us to worship. What are some spiritual gifts? What are some tools and skills God gives us to worship? Any ideas? Being an extrovert. Yep, having, having an outward personality that gets refilled by spending time with others. Hands up if you're an extrovert. Hands up if you're an introvert. Yeah, you get, more, you get more energy by spending time by yourself. And so that might come out in the way you worship. Uh, any others? Any other ways that we worship God? Hmm? Hospitality. hospitality. Yep, hands up if, if you, hospitality is a way that you worship. Great. Any others? Tongues. Yep. Hands up if, if you might do a tongues prayer language. It can be a little bit contentious. We won't go into that. But t- tongues, is that something? Yep. Interpretation of tongues. Anyone got that one? Yep. Great gift. Any others? Interpretation of the word. That's a fantastic one. Hands up if that's your, that's your gift. That's the way you, you worship God. Yep. Any others? There's, there's a whole bunch of lists throughout the Bible, Romans, Corinthians, where we look at these. Being patient, that's right, being kind, wonderful. Mercy, knowledge, healing, administration, discernment, leadership, giving. Many, many, many different ways that God has equipped us all to worship him. And as we've got this diversity of things that that we do, as I said, it's natural that there'll be particular things that God has put in my heart, gifts he's given me that make me feel naturally closer to him that I find easier to serve him with. And if you think back over time, are there times that you felt closest to God when you were worshipping? Think think back all over your life. When have you felt closest to God? When has your spiritual walk been at its high? When have you felt most intimate with him, like you're worshipping most effectively? Prayer? Prayer? Yep, when you've been praying. Great. And is that the way that you're worshipping every day? Or is that the way you just worshipped then, which is very different to what you do now? And the idea that I want to throw out is that sometimes as we've been discipled or haven't had the opportunity to be discipled, we, we see how other people worship and that's all we know how to do. When the Bible has all of these other wonderful, beautiful, exciting options of ways we could worship God... And we just don't know that they're there. You just don't know that the way that God has wired you and called you and gifted you to love and serve him is an option on the table. It's like being a sports fan and you watch golf and you you like the sports aspect of golf, but really you're a basketballer. And if you you saw a game of basketball, you would be like, that's me. I don't want to play golf by myself. I want to play play basketball with a team. I don't want to stand and do something once. I want to do something back and forwards for 40 minutes. 
It's like someone who you love music, but you only ever knew there was one genre. And so you've just played that genre and that's what you did. When actually there's many genres, there's, there's lots of different ways you can enjoy music. And so what, I'm, what we're looking at is what are all of these different ways that we can worship? Are you worshipping God using your giftings, using your natural worship language, using the way God's calling you? Or are you just worshipping in other ways because that's all you've really known? And that's what I'm calling out for us to do today is, is kind of have a moment to think, to explore, how could I be worshipping God? What could that look like, especially in a church where we all just put our hands up that has so many gifted people that we could all teach and learn from one another. This will be really clear, this idea that you can have people worshipping, they might have the same spiritual gift, but that it gets expressed in different ways when we think about some other churches. So if, has anyone, many people here spent time in a church that has a traditional service or, or a prayer book service and then a contemporary service? Yeah, a few hands. Same church. Same church leadership. Often the same sermon. Same congregation members, and some members will go to both because they, they speak both languages. Morning, prayer style is very formal. It's a liturgy. It's spoken out. It comes out of a prayer book. People wear funny gowns. There's lots of candles, lots of incense, ringing of bells. Music comes through a giant organ. It's very hymnal. That evening, same church, group of the same people, same theology, same ideas of what doctrine looks like and what healthy ways of worshipping God are, totally different expression of worship. Both are holy, both are good, and God is, it's okay for us to talk to God and to choose which way of expressing love works best for me in the way God has walked in my heart, has talked in my soul, is discipling me alongside others through the word as guided by scripture. When we look around the world, this makes just as much sense because a church that's worshipping in the Pacific Islands, that's worshipping in a different language, in a really different way to us, their worship is just as acceptable to God as what we're doing here. And they might have worship that's far more focused around having a meal together or serving together. A church that's out on the plains of Tanzania, totally different style of worship, different languages, different ways of doing things, worship totally acceptable to God as long as it's rooted in Scripture. And that's what we can be exploring is how from the way shown to us in Scripture do we worship best? Is it worshipping alone in a garden with a devotional? Is it worshipping with other people in a crowded place, in a stadium filled with other Christians singing together? Is it with a commentary, a book, learning about God? Is it in a soup kitchen? Is it cleaning? Is it building? What, from that big list we saw at the start, is going to be the way you worship best? And what expression is that going to take? Is it going to be in a loud place, a quiet place? High stimuli, low stimuli? What's that going to be? How are you going to use your body as we do this? We look at how... Jesus modelled this to us. He prayed alone in a quiet place. He prayed in the temple, which is a loud place. He taught with many others around him. He also taught with just his disciples. 
He healed in the middle of crowds. He served his disciples when it was just them. And so if we're only worshipping the way that we do on a Sunday, if that's our only worship throughout the whole week, we are totally missing out. We are totally missing out on not just expressing how God has called and worked with us, but all of the opportunities to worship during the week and all of the ways that God grows and works in us. So how do you worship? How could you worship? As we're planting these ideas, I hope the Holy Spirit's stirring in your heart. What could this look like for me to worship differently? What might my worship languages be? Let's explore prayer a little bit. Would your hands up, who's a morning person? Yeah, who's not a morning person? Hands up. The, the not morning people, hands went way up way faster. All right. Uh, who prays best in a group? Who prays best by themselves? Interesting. So I bet if I asked you not morning people to get up bright and early, and if you happen to be a big group praise best person, to go into a room, lie down on the ground, or adopt a position of prayer, kneeling maybe, light a candle, light some incense, play some music in the background, and pray from six till seven. Some of you guys are going to be like, man, I'm going to be asleep. That is not going to happen. The morning people are probably, morning by themselves, people are probably going, that sounds great. And then there's people who, who, who move, who's a mover? You, you, you've probably seen me, I'm bouncing across this stage, left and right. Who's a, who's a stay stiller? Who's a, yeah. So if you're a mover, if you're a mover who's not a morning person, forcing yourself to try and express your worship in the early hours of the morning is hard. And you can do it, and there's a, deci- you know, there's a discipline in it. You can grow in it, and when God works in us, we get better at it. But maybe, who's heard of a prayer walk? Yeah, okay. So a prayer walk is where you, you fixate something in your mind, maybe a Bible verse, or you might have a bit of paper on your hand or an object that reminds you what it is, or you look for stimuli as you're walking to pray for, and you walk around an area and pray as you're walking. So we might decide to do a prayer walk for East Devonport, and you would walk around East Devonport looking for people and things to pray for, conversing with God as you do that. And so instead of a morning prayer meeting where you sit by yourself, you might worship far more effectively if you and a friend went for a prayer walk. You might find that you worship far better sitting in nature with no headphones on, just just the sounds of nature, you might find you worship far better walking as a group of two or three people praying in a big city. Both are good. Both are holy. And if you haven't tried these, I really recommend you do. I really, really, really recommend that you look to see how do I best pray? How do I best worship? How could you use different senses in worship? As I said, you know, we've used incense in worship for thousands of years. In the temple, they had incense. In church, some churches today, they still use incense. What about light? High light, low light. In your dark room, bright room. Kneeling, sitting. Walking, being still. If you haven't tried these to see what your worship language is, I really, really recommend you do. Uh, What about spending time in God's word? Who enjoyed Mike and Jess's style of teaching the other week? That was great. 
I really enjoy that. I really like interactive teaching, in case you can't tell by the hands going up and down. The Bible tells us we need to learn God's Word. We need to meditate on the Word. Uh, some people love that style. Some people, that's not them. They learn best sitting by themselves with a commentary. But what about people who, learn, who learns best reading the Bible in a group setting? Maybe a Bible study? Yeah, a few. Good. Who learns best in Scripture by doing something creative and artistic? Who's never tried that? Who's never tried to do something creative and artistic with Scripture? No, so lots of people haven't tried this. So some people will find a passage of Scripture, they'll meditate on it, they'll learn about it, they'll explore it, and then they'll make the most phenomenal art. And, and we look through the Middle Ages, all, or even further back, to all of these periods of time before we had our own Bibles, before everybody could read, before we worshipped individually, it was very, very common that people would get together and they would act out, they would storytell, they would create phenomenal works of visual art that were painted that would go up on walls and frescoes. They would build things with their hands as a sign of worship to God, showing what they had learned in that piece of scripture, representing what they thought that piece of scripture was saying to them and to others. My challenge, again, as we're doing this, is to ask the Holy Spirit, how, as you are gifted, as you, your heart is made, how is he asking and calling you to worship? Could this be something artistic that you haven't done ever before is a way that you could have more time in Scripture? Now, I said it's something we can be good at and we can emphasise our particular love or worship languages, as we've just been talking about, but you can't just write off the other ones. As I've just been harping on to try new ones, we can't write off the old ones that, that we don't always do or we're not as naturally gifted in. Uh, because we do. We get more fluent the more we do it. We get more excited at the idea of worship. We get better at these different things. And if I say, oh, my worship language is acts of service, and I never pray, I never show mercy, then there's a good, act that my, good chance my acts of service will grow cold and I'll be bitter, and I won't be doing it from a joyous place, and people won't feel loved when I do it. If my worship language is sharing testimony or performing hospitality, but I never read scripture, I, I neglect scripture, I neglect Bible teaching, I do it minimal time, then I risk compromising and twisting the gospel because I'm not sitting in it. I'm, I'm, I'm out serving in that language, and to make that, that thing work better for me, I might twist something else. Um, to, to give it a different idea, you know, we need to do all the, all the love languages. If I said to my wife, hi, my, my love language is the gift of words of affirmation, so you're not getting a birthday present or Valentine's present, that would not go over well. It would be a pretty, pretty terrible marriage if, if that's the only way I showed my wife love. So we need to worship in uh, lots of different ways. I'm putting this out there, that we, we need to be doing this, because there are people that are incredibly gifted to worship God, and he's called them to worship in a certain way, and they've just never done it. Uh, people who've gifted, who are gifted in hospitality, but they've never hosted for Jesus. People who are phenomenal artists, they've never made art for Jesus. Craftsmen who've never created for Jesus. And God calls us, we are to love with all our heart, our soul, our mind, and our strength. We are to give God the best we can. We are to worship him the best we can. It is what we are made for. 
The other reason is that we are a body of believers. We are a community of people. God doesn't create us to worship alone. He creates us to worship with others. God is a trinity God. He's a triune God. He is always in community with himself. He calls us to be in community with each other. And as we're all gifted individually, we are to do that. We can't have musical midweek jam sessions for worship sessions if there's no musicians. We can't enjoy the artwork that decorates homes and churches if no one's creating the art. We don't know what we're missing out on for the lack of prayers or the protection we're receiving or the intervention of prayers if no one's praying. We can't be encouraged by what God is doing, hearing the great stories of his miracles and his works in the community if nobody is sharing those testimonies and telling us about what good God is doing around them. Without acts of service, hospitality, mercy, kindness, giving, administration, teaching, leadership, we would not be able to meet here this morning in church. And so the entire church is poorer when we don't worship God with our gifts. We rub our brothers and sisters of the glory and worship and experience of God when we don't worship as God has called us to do. Now, I've asked you to be creative in thinking, what could this look like that I've never done before? If we we think of other churches you might have seen or heard and you look at them and almost have a a holy jealousy of, oh, I'd like to worship like them, that looks really fun. Um, There are a few conditions on, on what worship can look like. It needs to come from the heart. God is very clear in Scripture that worshipping with our mouths or our hands, if our heart involved, is not, is not acceptable to him. It's not joyous to him. And if the motivation is wrong, then it's, it, he doesn't want it. So we can't sit there and go, well, I like doing this, so here's how I can dress that up and pretend it's worship. Because that's not what he wants. Because not everything is worship. Uh, This is not a romantic relationship. This is not a love language of, well, this is how I can show love to God and he'll accept it because that's my love language. God sets his terms very clearly in Scripture in what is and what isn't. The thing that we have the variation is how we do those things. So God says we need to pray. He doesn't say you need to pray facing north. God says... We need to do good deeds. He doesn't say you should only do them for these people. God says you should play music. He doesn't say you only can play in D minor at a tempo of 120 a minute. I can't say my spiritual worship in body and truth is to eat as much pizza as I can because that makes me feel close to Jesus. It's a great way to appreciate pizza. But is God getting the glory? No. No. I can't say I worship best alone, so what I'm going to do is I'm never going to go to church again and I'm just going to watch a Bible, a Bible video on YouTube while I wait for my coffee or my pizza while I go off to do whatever else I want to do. Because I'm not putting God first. I'm not worshipping with the right intention and I'm robbing my brothers and sisters of the gifts that God has given me to aid them and edify and grow the church. The other thing is, it has to be our best. It has to be intentional. God loves everyone. God describes himself as a loving father. And if anyone here imagines you have a child and you 
ask, you know, you call them, hey, let's teach you an instrument. And they pick an instrument, this piano. And you buy a piano, it's a very nice piano, and you pay for lessons, and you drop them off at band practice every week, and you encourage them. And then they come after, after learning for a long time, and they play the best they can, but they make lots of mistakes. As a father, I'm still overjoyed because my child has played for me. They've practiced, they've created, they've done something that excites me that they were doing to make me happy. They've used the gifts I've given them and so I'm overwhelmed with joy. This is very different to the child doesn't practice, the child doesn't turn up to their lessons, the child doesn't go to, to band practice. And then when the child goes to play, they can barely put two notes together. And you say to them, have you practiced? Did you play with other people? Did you learn the way I went to it? The I asked you to it at the lessons, and they say, oh, yes, I did. When you, you know they're lying. And God sees this in us. He doesn't, he doesn't want half-hearted worship. He doesn't want lazy worship. He doesn't want something thrown together the night before when we had all week that we could have prepared. So it doesn't need to be perfect. God recognizes we're not perfect. He made us. There's nothing we could bring before him that he doesn't already have. What he wants is our heart. He wants the full conviction of our heart. So as we close on that slightly somber but very important note, I encourage you, how could you be worshipping in a new creative way? I invite you to this week to look through scripture, look at other churches around the world, talk to your brothers and sisters in Christ here, going, what could my worship language be if you've never considered that? What ways could I worship God that I haven't tried before, that I, I haven't seen before? What do other churches do that are, that are good, holy, biblical churches? How do they worship? How can I introduce new ways with the Holy Spirit to love God? It's, it's a really big topic, but it's really, really, really exciting. And if you have any questions, uh, please, please, please come talk to myself or any of the elders. We'd be really excited to help you worship Jesus. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your worship. Thank you for all the different ways you've gifted your church. And we ask that you would be challenging us and opening our eyes and ears and hearts into how you have uniquely gifted every one of us to how you have equipped your church and your children to praise your great and holy name. We ask this week that you would be pulling on our heartstrings and opening our minds to how you've uniquely called us to worship you and what that could look like. In Jesus' name, amen. So one of the ways to worship is singing, and uh, we're going to close the service, I think, with a song. But you know, sometimes it's actually good to just not sing and to let the, the music or the words just flow over you. If that helps you to focus on God better, then I think sometimes that's appropriate. But th some of you do sing because, you know, we don't want to be up here by ourselves. <laughs> Let's anyway stand in the presence of God because he is worthy, isn't he? Thank you.